0: Praise the Lord. We are going to uh, turn our attention to the book of Colossians. Chapter 1 onwards for the next uh, few weeks. I just wanted to, uh, wait, uh, for us to study together the book of Colossians. Um, let's close our eyes and look to God. Father, we thank you that we could come to study your word together. Hide me behind the cross. Speak to me. Minister to me. Minister to us. Build us together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, devil does not enter a church, you know, in the in the way that we see in the picture. You know, with a with a huge horn, with a huge tongue. Okay, uh, there's a lot of imagination going into drawing about uh, the uh, Satan or demon. Uh, But false teaching can enter a church uh, very quickly and if we do not know what is the right one, the wrong one can really take over. And all of us have to be very careful. We can't say that I'm safe. Anytime when we are lifted up in pride, we can be drawn into the wrong teaching, the wrong doctrine. False teaching was there challenging the church at Kolesi And the letter to the Colossians contains warnings. But also, a general impression we can get from this book is that it was a theme that was based on intercession. Intercession was the main theme. Intercession for the church. Without intercession and influence of the Holy Spirit of God, there will be no understanding That we can have about the spiritual growth. We will never give importance to spiritual growth. Unless we realize how important it is for us to intercede. How important it is for us to depend on the God's Holy Spirit. On how the Spirit can work in us. Transform us. Build us. In the book of Ephesians. The church of Christ. Is the main focus. But in the the book of Colossians. It is the Christ of the church. Ephesians, it was the church, but in Colossians, it is the Christ of the church. In Ephesians, it is the body that is the church of Christ, but in Colossians, it is the head, Christ of the church. And first half of this book is doctrinal, and the second part is practical. And in chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul writing to the Colossians saying this after reading this letter see that this letter is read in Laodosia and also from Laodicea, the written that I, letter that I have written let it be read in Colossia. So there was another letter also written. Now let's go into the main subject. I wanted to study from verses 1 to 14 and verses 1 and 2 we find the gracious greeting that Paul gives. Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colosse, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. It was a very general practice in the ancient Near East uh, to greet the recipients of the letter. They would write greetings before they introduced themselves. And then Paul introduced himself along with Timothy and calls Paul himself as an apostle ordained by God, by the will of God. Now there's a five-fold ministry we all know that God has given to the church. And in this five-fold ministry, God is given so that the church will be equipped, the church will learn, that we, the body, will learn from each other and we will be, be, be an impact in the society. We will be able to be a blessing. And Paul was an antagonist against the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God transformed him to be an apostle. What a beautiful thing it is. This morning I was thinking about Moses. A man who was a murderer until he had an experience of the burning bush. And God in his mercy chose to reveal himself to Abraham. A murderer running for his life. Hiding, covered. And he is Totally lost in the desert. Along with his father-in-law's sheep. But God chose to reveal to him. I want to tell you today. If you and I are seated here. It's not because of our education. It's not because of our family background. It's not because we have something to boast. Nothing. All you and I have is emptiness. Sin. Destruction is our main uh, punishment. But God in his mercy has redeemed you and me. You and I have to really be thankful to God. In Psalm 103, I quoted how from the Bible, how Psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He has forgiven all your sins. He has redeemed you. He has given you all these five blessings. And here you find Paul receiving something wonderful from God. Ephesians 3 and verse 8, Paul says, though I am preeminent apostle, he says, I am less than the least of all the saints. He is a preeminent apostle to the Gentiles, but he says I am less than the least of all the saints. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 9, he says, I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. And 1 Timothy 1:15, he says, I am chief of the sinners. That was his own estimation about himself. But when he's writing here, he says, I am an apostle by the will of God. My dear brother, my dear sister. This is a balance you and I should have in our Christian life. I am a pastor. I am a singer. I am a worshiper. I am a musician. I have this. I have that. I have all these talents, gifts. But I remember who I am. Today I have it by the will of God. I have it by the mercy of God. So different are these days when we find people call themselves prophets. So many prophets and prophecies more than the proclamation today in the world. You and I have to be very careful. You know, whenever they say, I'm not uh, against it, please don't mistake me. I'm saying we have to be careful. I mean that. Okay, there are genuine things, there are false things. But there are so many others who have pushed themselves and called themselves prophets. Prophecies, prophetical message, prophetical worship, prophetical this, prophetical that. It's simple, all prophecy is given here. And everything comes from here to teach you and me about our life and about our future. If you and I don't have a discipline to go to this, we will definitely listen to, definitely listen to false prophets and false prophecies. We have to be careful. And here Paul says, I am an apostle by the will of God. But he says, I know who I am. I know who I am. I am a chief of sinners. I am least of the saints of God. I am not worthy to be called an apostle. And then he says. Faithfulness. We are all people. Of called as saints. Then he also says. Also to the faithful brothers and sisters. He writes this letter to the saints of God in Colossae. As well as to the faithful brothers and sisters. There are two distinctions he makes. What is that? Saints. We are all saints. But very few are faithful, very few are faithful, faithful to God, faithful to his love, faithful to the church that God has given us, faithful to the ministry that God has given us, faithful to the calling that God has given us. We have to be really, really careful. Because Peter said, make sure what your calling is. Because when we don't make sure of what our standard is, our calling is. We will definitely go astray. We will definitely begin to begin to drift away into unwanted things. And finally we will end up nothing. And here he writes about to the faithful people. I wanted to challenge all of us. God remains faithful. God is And God remains faithful. And God honors faithfulness. Revelation 19 and verse 11. He said then I saw heaven opened. And a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named faithful and true. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous swarm. In this world of injustice. In this world of evil. In this world of supporting someone just because they belong to their own group. Here the Bible tells us he is a God. Who is called faithful and true. Faithful and just. And he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. And he wants all of us to be faithful. To be faithful. And faithfulness is developed over a period of time. Faithfulness develops within us over a period of time. The spirit of God helps us. And first thing is in Luke chapter 16 verses 10 to 12 if you read. The Bible tells us, whoever can be trusted with a very little, can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little, will also be dishonest with much. Paul writing to the Colossians, saying, you are a faithful people. You are a saints, good, but there are faithful people. I want to address to them also. And if the Spirit of God speaks to you and me, how much can he find us faithful? Faithful in small matters, little matters. And God, the Bible says, Jesus said... When you, are, when you and I are faithful in small things, little things, he says, we will be faithful in bigger things. I'm sure you will trust someone, if somebody is faithful in five, with 500 rupees that you give them, you will trust them with 5000 rupees. And if they are faithful in that, you will trust them with 50,000 rupees. Faithfulness. God is asking you and me. And the next one, in Lowest 11, he says, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust to you the true riches? The, summer, the second one is the non-spiritual matters. First one is small things. Non-spiritual matters. How faithful are we? The money that we receive. The things that God gives you and me. Some people wanted to blow money away. Unwanted. Waste. There are so much of needs in the world. So many poor people. So many people without food. People are unfaithful even in jobs. Christians. Christians. You find in the Bible that Joseph was faithful. You find Daniel was faithful. They were trying to find mistake with Daniel. They said we can never find any mistake with Daniel. Except only one thing about his God. We challenge him regarding his belief, his faith. And we will test him. There he will get caught. Yes, he got caught. He said I will never worship the king. I will never worship. I will never defile myself. He stayed firm. Today God is calling you and me. To be faithful In small matters. Small matters. And in non-spiritual matters. And then in verse 12. Very interesting. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property. Who will give you the property of your own? The next one is. Someone else's things. Small matters, small things. Non-spiritual matters. And someone else's thing. The jobs that we hold. You know the things that God has given to you and me. In our hands. How faithful are we to take care of our families, the ministry, the responsibility in the ministry. How faithful are we? I'll tell you, God concerns that and God is happy with those who are faithful, not talented people. And the last day when God meets you and me in heaven, he will never say, well done, pray him, you preached here. Well done, you played music, You well done, you did this. Never. He'll say, well done, the good and faithful son. That's the only worthy certificate we will receive nothing else nothing else not the preaching not the teaching not the music not the worship not the ushering nothing yes he, he will evaluate all that how faithful are we in doing those things number one number two is how faithful we are before God and before people well done the good and faith that's the best certificate you and I should aim for church AGAG community we will surrender ourselves and say Lord I want to hear that one certificate from you receive that word from you well done, a good and faithful servant. If we are not aiming for that, we should begin to aim for that. Second Timothy 2.12 The Bible says he remains faithful. That's his quality. That's his character. He remains faithful. And Malachi 3 and verse 6, he says, I change not. He remains stable. He is faithful. And we must ask him to impart this faithfulness into our lives. We should ask this virtue Lord I want to be faithful Help me And then he says uh, Grace and peace to you from God our father In that verse 100 in the gracious greeting He adds grace and peace to you The Greeks use the word grace Charis and The Hebrews Use the word shalom, peace But a Christian In many places I remember hearing this sermon long back On the book of Revelation Only a Christian can use grace and peace Grace and peace. You and I have to really wish this grace and peace for everyone. Not just for ourselves. We should wish the grace and peace for each other. For the church, for the community where God has placed us. Your Apostle Paul wish, wishes the church in Colossae. It was not founded by him. He had never been there to Colosse. He comes, he hears about the church by one of his disciples called Epaphras. He comes and tells them about the church, about the problems there. And the the love, the faith they have and some of the challenges they are facing. And Paul writes to them. And he also commends the servant, Ephapras there. And uh, lifts him up and says, yes, he told us. He told us about your love, a faithful servant. When I was reading this, I was thinking what a heart that is. You know, to wish the best for others. To wish the best for another servant of God. And that should be a quality. Malice can really be dangerous. You know I can talk to you nicely. You can talk to me nicely. But with malice in the heart. Dangerous. Poison in my heart. Poison in your heart. You can do that to your own brothers and sisters. We can do that sometimes in the office where we work. People will do to us. Those are all challenging situations that we will be facing. And here Paul is very open. And where is he? He is in the prison. Writing this letter. Grace and peace to you. And today, this grace and peace is for you and me. And um, when we wish grace and peace for the church, be very careful. When we come to church to worship together, it is to worship God. Worship to have a fellowship. And sometimes, sadly, it becomes... In such a way that you know it becomes a clique, a groupism in some churches, in some places. Even in, in the offices where people work, groupism, language are based on caste, based on friendship. Very dangerous. And when we begin to get into those cliques, we will never allow the spirit of God to work. We will allow the other person's spirit to work in us. So he does something, we will believe him. She does something, we will believe him. We have to be careful. And here is a person without malice. He was wishing grace and peace to others. And you and I are called to wish grace and peace to others. And um, if you cannot contribute towards peace and grace to others, let us never contribute towards pieces. You understand? In families, in the society, at home, in the church, in the ministry, if you and I cannot contribute towards peace, let us not contribute towards making it into pieces. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers, not peacemakers. Sometimes our words say that. Sometimes we have malice in our heart. We want to let out, spew out, poison so that, you know, we we contribute towards some confusion and go back. But that's not the character of a Christian. Paul is saying, grace and peace to you grace and peace to you. The second one, first one is gracious greetings. Second one is the greatest pillars that he mentions. Every building has a foundation and pillars are part of it. It's very strong. Hardly anyone builds today without pillars. Colossians 1, 3 to 8 can I read to you please? Paul, uh, 3 to 8. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been done among you. Since the day you have heard it and truly understood God's grace. You have learnt it from epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. Paul says along with his team Timothy, we thank God for the two pillars that we see in the church at Colossae. What are the two pillars? Grace, uh, faith and love. Faith, And love. Faith of the Colossian believers. Faith in God. And secondly. the love they have for all the saints of God. All the people of God. These are the two things. He says. And going back to faith. What is faith? Yes we we repent of our sins. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. But our faith should be not just staying there. But it should be practical in our daily life. We should have faith in the goodness of God. When you and I face challenging situations at work, at office, in the, in, the, in the health issues or in the families, we and I have to believe in the faithfulness of God. God is a good God. He will never move a wrong step even once in your life and my life. The Bible tells us in Psalm 142 and verse 2, the psalmist cried out, refuge, fail me. That was his cry in verse 4. Refuge fail me. But in verse 5 he cries out say you are my refuge. Refuge failed me. All the refuge failed him. But he cries out and say Lord you are my refuge. That is the, res- uh, that is the heart of a person who believes in Christ. When refuge fails you and me. When everything else fails there stands God his love which was revealed to us on the cross and we can say Lord your refuge will never fail me. In Psalm 31 and verse 19. He said. How oh, great is your goodness. Which you are laid up for those who fear you. Which you are prepared for those who trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men. How great is the goodness of God. Have faith in the goodness of God. Paul is telling them. Colossian church. Colossian church. I appreciate the faith that you have in God. It's not easy for you to live in Coloss- Colossae. I know there's a lot of challenges, but you are good. believing in the goodness of God. You have faith in the goodness of God. Faith in the power of God. Next one. Luke 1.37, he cried out, for with God nothing shall be impossible. That's what the angel told. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Believe in the power of God. Everything fails. But there is a power of God that is available for you and me. We will see that a little further down. Then next, faith in the presence of God. He said to Jeremiah one 8 do Don't be afraid, Jeremiah, when he was calling him and commissioning him. When he was saying, I'm, I am a small child, I can't speak. God is telling, the, God, telling him, do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to rescue you. The f- presence of God will be with a child of God. Have faith in the presence of God. The next one, faith in the providence of God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 to 34. Jesus taught the people, say, do not worry about your clothing or what you will eat and what you will wear. Today, people are worried what we can eat, what we can worry. There is Swiggy and there is, you know, all types of app-based food joints. Good malls, we can go and buy clothes, online clothing. But during those days, Jesus' time, Jesus' time, don't worry about anything, not even that. He says, I will take care. His providence... The next one, faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Very important for a Christian. The moment you and I take our eyes off on the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Our faith will begin to shake. When Jesus died on the cross, everything was laid upon him. All our sins, all our pain, all our fears, everything was laid upon him. Believe in the finished work of Christ. These are the things... Which is very important. As you battle any type of sin in your life. Believe in the finished work of Jesus. Come to him again and again. Lord this weakness that I possess in my life. It was laid upon the body. On your, on your body on the cross. I believe that I am free from this. Come back to him. Hold on to him. The next one he talks about the love that you have for all the saints of God. The love. You know love. You, you and I can love someone who is very lovable. Right? You like someone because they are very good to you. It's very easy. But the love for a Christian goes beyond that lovable character. You and I are called to love someone who is unlovable. Who does not deserve your help. Who does not deserve my care. Who does not deserve my good words. That's a challenge for a Christian. And that is the maturity God wants to push us from this level. Where I am loving my brother, my sister who is lovable to a level where I am unable to love that person. I want to do good, I do good. But that person thinks only evil for me. It's a challenge, it's not easy. But, the spirit of God can help you and me. 1 John 4, 16. uh, uh, John writing, God is love. Whoever lives in love, lives in God. And God in them. Love and God go together. Hatred goes outside of God. When I am in hatred, I am living outside of God. When I am living in love, I am living inside of God. Better to live inside of God and suffer than to be outside of God and feel satisfied. You understand? Better to be inside of God and suffer injustice and evil from people than to be outside of God and be comfortable. Those who live in love, live in God. Live in God. 1 John 4.20 He says, whoever ever claims to love God and hates his own brother, he's is a murderer, hates his own brother, that is a brother and sister in Christ. So it starts from there. If you cannot love God whom he has, how can if you cannot love the brother whom he has seen, how can you love God whom he has not seen? A huge challenge for us. People are different. People have own selfish motives. People look into their own ideas, own ways. People will never be satisfied. People will complain. People will gossip. People will hurt us. People will never think good for us. I am not saying everyone, I am saying some. But for you and me, it is a different standard. We have to reach out in love. Love and faith. He was appreciating them again and again. And then this faith and love stems, your faith in Christ and for love for all the God's people. Next scripture. For all the people, God's people, the faith and love that springs, springs from the hope that is stored up for you and me. You know, it is not just a, a something which is alone. But when you and I have hope that God has got something good for me in heaven. The hope not in this world. Your things may look different. But the hope there. Stored up for you and me in heaven. You and I have to be. Living in this world. But our mind should be thinking of there. God unless we come to that level. We will get disturbed easily. We will try to live like others. We will never have an impact on people's life. We will never be a blessing. In other people's life. And here he says very clearly. Faith. Faith. And love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven. Yes, Paul is telling them I know your difficulty, I know your challenges but you are doing this because of the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. You look beyond the normal lifestyle. You look to the other world. You look to the other life that is available for you and me. And hope God alone gives it he is called as a god of hope god of all comfort and the source of this hope gives paul gives here is the message of the gospel of christ so the gospel that you and i have received gives us hope for the future and this hope for the future should strengthen our faith and this faith should be seen in the love That we show for others. So there is a connection. The gospel has got a beautiful connection. You and I cannot live without the gospel. And again coming back to uh, verse 5. The faith and love that springs from the hope. stored of for you in heaven. About which you have already heard. In the true message of the uh, gospel. That has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit. All over the world. All over the known world. Paul is saying the gospel is bearing fruit. You know, there are scores of people who are turning to Jesus in China, in Africa, in Iran, and in so many other Middle Eastern countries. Lots of people, Rwanda, in Africa, lot of people accepting the Lord and taking baptism, confessing. And there are people, and uh, the Chinese church is growing because... In spite of all the uh, control that the government is having and torture and uh, murder and killing of the people. They, they don't have an organized leadership. But they have a zeal. They have received something and they share it with others. I was reading yesterday about a uh, Chinese missionary to North Korea. Imagine a Chinese missionary to North Korea. He was able to lead nearly 10,000 people to Jesus Christ. And then finally he was caught and he was executed. I don't know whether by Chinese or by Korean. North Korean. But he was caught and he was executed. But before that his life ended. He had already contributed whatever he can from his life. He had, res- he had responded to the gospel. And this gospel bears fruit. It will bear fruit in your home. If somebody is there who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Your maids. Who work in you with your house. Do you share the gospel of Jesus Christ? It has got power. It got love. Gospel is not a religion. Gospel is a relationship. It is to build people in God. And God wants to bear this fruit through you and me. And all that you and I have to do is open our mouth and share the love of Jesus. Don't get into all these questions and other things. Because it's very difficult to answer. Because even if you answer, people will not you know, accept those answers. The best thing is to concentrate on how God sent Jesus... To die for our sins. There is forgiveness of sins. And Christ will come to know. When, when people came and told me. About Jesus when I was 19 years old. I remember. Only one thing. Very clearly. They told me how, I, how they were living. And how God transformed them. How they were living. F- four of them. To, uh, came. I am sorry. Five of them came. I remember. Their names too very well. And one was a gangster. The others were, others, other three were drug addicts. The other one was my own classmate. So they, all five of them come and tell me. One after the other over a period of time. How God touched them and changed them. That's all. And they forced me to come for a meeting. I didn't want to go for a meeting. Because why? These fellows will always talk about Jesus, prayer and other things. I was not interested. And I just pushed myself. I said only one day I will go for the meeting. After that I will never. So I went there on 10th October 1978. The day I will never forget. I'm sure all of you have such beautiful testimonies, Are much beauty, are better than mine. And that day God touched me and changed me. God, that day God touched me, and changed me. It's not a big meeting, it's a small meeting. I wanted to advise share the gospel. It will bear fruit. It will bear fruit. When he's writing to the Colossians, he's talking about the great pillars. And it is not just the great pillars. That is available. Faith and love. But also the gospel that you and I can share. This faith, the pillars were offshoot of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I can share. The drivers that take you in your cabs. In the apartments where you live. The security, the housekeeping staff. Get new testaments, give it to them. You do not know how much the word of God will speak to them. They will come to know the life that is available in Jesus. The abundant life that God has promised. So many, many have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not conversion of person. It is the transformation that God, the gospel will bring in people's heart. The next one is the glorious power that is available. 9 to 14. For this reason, 9 to 14, for this reason, Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul is telling them, the day we heard about your faith and love, I am praying. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. And please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and peace. And giving joyful thanks to the father. Who has qualified you. To share in the inheritance of the holy people. In the light of kingdom. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. We want us. To think of the prayer that Paul prays. The intercession. And what was his intercession? And the same intercession you and I can pray. The first one he says, uh, I pray that you will understand. You can do that. You can, you can understand God's will. And then he says, you, I pray that you will gain spiritual wisdom. Then he prays that you may please and honor God. You may bear fruit. Grow in the knowledge of God. Be filled with God's strength. Have great endurance and patience. You know this great endurance and patience. He says the power of God will. You read that scripture very carefully. The power of God will generate great endurance and patience in our life. With joy. That's the beauty. With joy. That scripture says. Endurance and patience. Stay full with God's strength. And give thanks always. That was Paul's prayer for the Colossian church. You can read that in the scripture. It is there in the Bible. And you and I can bring that into our prayers. I can pray for you. You can pray for me. We can pray for each other. When we pray for our church, we can pray that. Lord, we want our our church to be that. I want to be that. I want want my son, my wife, my husband, my parents, my loved one to have this. These are the prayer points Paul is keeping before God. And he says, this is the prayer I pray for you. Many times we don't know how to pray for. What to pray for. And here we get the list. And Paul lists five benefits. God gives all believers in Christ. In this passage. He says God has qualified you. To share in the inheritance. Of his holy people. In the kingdom of life. God has qualified you. The equipping of our lives. Comes from God. When God called Moses. Moses was a raw Murderer. When God called Paul, Paul was a tormentor of the gospel of of the kingdom of God of the church of Jesus Christ. But God worked in their life and transformed them. God qualifies you and me. And then he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves. Imagine that. He has brought us. From the dominion of darkness. I wanted to. Uh, I, I want to go into that. And then we have redemption. And the forgiveness of sins. Fine. But this one point I wanted to emphasize. Uh, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of light. By being strengthened with all power. According to his glorious might. He brings us out from darkness. Into the marvelous light. So that you and I can have the light of. Jesus inside us so that this light can be a challenge to the demonic forces in this world demons are real you know if you go into a village or you go into a church uh, where a lot of uh, people from the villages come you find the work of the enemy there I do not know how many of you have that experience but it is real and you and I can be a challenge to the kingdom of darkness the light inside you and me can push out the darkness from this world. Sometimes one of the interesting things that I have is going to the YouTube and see some of the testimonies of how some of these people who are into witchcraft, black magic, charms. Uh, how they were delivered and w- how they used to do all these practices. And how God has delivered them. Today they are preaching the gospel of Jesus. God has delivered them. There is hope for Everyone. No one, however strong they are away from God, no problem. There is hope for everyone. And you and I can carry this hope. You and I can get connected with the spirit of God. When there is a war, when I was in the Middle East, when there was a war between the, the armed, uh, US and other forces against the uh, Saddam Hussein regime, one of the interesting things to see is, it was only airborne you know, attacks. It was not ground, ground uh, they did not do much, only airborne attacks and uh, I think few days Saddam Hussein surrendered. He said, I am taking back, leaving Kuwait. But when these flights used to travel far away, in the midair, there used to be another flight coming and refueling. The fighter jets will never come down to refuel and take back again. They will send an SOS, immediately another flight will go. Another tube will be let out. You would have seen in the pictures. Go and get connected automatically to the fuel tank of the fighter jets. And fill the fighter jets with fuel. So that they can go and fight again. I tell you, when a human government can think of the fighter jets, the pilots, to refuel them, give them enough energy to fight and to destroy the enemy camp. I wanted to tell you, there is Power available for you and me. And this power Paul is praying. How? Through prayer. he's praying. I am praying. I am praying. I am praying. Because he experienced it. And I want all of us to yield ourselves to this great God and say Lord. I want to be refueled regularly with your energy. I am in the warfare. I don't want to just remain like this. I wanted, to do, I wanted to be something else. The Colossian church, Paul was telling them, don't worry, I am praying and I know that the spirit of God will strengthen you. You have problems, you can't endure, but God will give you endurance. You don't have patience, no problem, God will give you patience with joy. Read that scripture. I am praying that you will have patience with joy, you will have endurance with joy. You don't have these two, don't worry. And then he says, you are thinking you don't have power, don't worry. That power God has brought you from darkness into, your mar- into this marvelous light. That power is available for you. Let's move to, into this zone where God has kept for you and me. And tell him, Lord, I want as I move into the second month of this year, I want to move with your power. I want to move with your anointing. I want to move with your strength. And this power, this strength and this presence of God is not for the saints of God this is for the faithful of God you understand this is not for the saints of God this is for the faithful of God and we can move into that zone from being a saint to being faithful and connect with God and God will do his work and God will his name will be his name will be glorified through you and me and um, I remember I was I told this before, I would like to tell this again. When I was a, a small, new Christian, I went to a place called Kanjipuram in Tamil Nadu uh, for a meeting. I was working in Taj I had taken two days leave. And in that place, Kanjipuram, uh, Uncle Dinakaran was having a meeting. And I loved his teaching. I loved his preaching. And uh, I went with some friends there. And uh, the meeting started. And uh, people were all were, were walking around. And you know, eating this, eating that, and uh, the meeting started. Suddenly, Uncle Dinakaran came on the stage. As soon as he came, I'm not exaggerating. One thing I've observed in my ministry in his life: as soon as he comes on the stage, the whole atmosphere will change. I'm not giving glory to him. Okay, he's a man, but the whole atmosphere will change there on the stage and surrounding place. I noticed that in Kanjipuram. I was excited, and then meeting he started the meeting. He told only one thing. He said, I'm going to sing a song. And you're going to see the power of God descending here. That's all. And he started to sing a song. I was a new Christian. I never had that experience before. Suddenly, screaming, I heard screaming noise from behind, from side. As he began to sing the song, people were demon possessed. Were crying out. Rolling. And he called the ushers, some of them he commanded and the evil spirits came in front. And uh, I I was really, you know, surprised to see such a thing. Many, at least 30 people, 30 or even more people, were rolling and screaming. Uncle from the stage, Uncle Dinakram from the stage, he rebuked those powers of darkness. I am not exaggerating, all of them fell down flat. That's all. He didn't go and, you know, catch their hair, sometimes you seen, you know, in, in some... Village churches catch their hair, put oil in the mouth. Huh? Okay, and sometimes they'll kick, they think they're kicking the devil. No, he just commanded in the name of Jesus. All of them were set free. Today, God is going to do that in our midst. Amen? Oh, bye. Who, through whom? Through whom? Through us. Yes? Through us. And how it happens? Through intercession. So we are going to have on Tuesday mornings missions prayer and next Saturday community prayer. Okay? And we are going to look to God. Let's look to God. Hallelujah. Praise you Father. Thank you Lord. Thank you Savior. Thank you. Thank you Master. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you Lord. God's Presence and God's power is available for all of us. What a gracious God. He wants to deposit. This heavenly glory. Into people like you and me. Paul said. I am less than the least of all the saints. And to me is this grace given. That I may preach among the Gentiles. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3.8 And he said in 1 Timothy 1.15 I am the chief of sinners. He said in Corinthians I am not worthy to be called an apostle. But God gave him and used him. If you want to move From a zone of comfort to the zone of challenge. You can do that today as you are seated. You can tell the Lord, Lord, for long I have lived in the zone of comfort. But I want to move into the zone of challenge. Into the zone of combat. I want you to strengthen me. I wanted to hunger for you more. I want your presence to fill me. The world needs you. Am I may be available? Young people, there are so many young people here. Ask God. He is gracious, greeting the people. He reveals the great pillars in that place. And he tells them, yes, there's glorious power available for you. The greatest gift you and I can have is redemption of our souls and forgiveness of sins. And God has given that. Now we have to move to another next close level with God. Can you ask God and say, Lord, I want to see a transformation. Can we ask God together? Lord, we, the AGAG, want to see a transformation. Lord, we want our ministry to be full of your presence and power. We want to be in the combat zone. We want to be in the zone that we could be a challenge to the powers of darkness. We want to be in the zone where we will show care for people's soul. Take me past the outer court. Take me into the holy of holies. Help me to abide there. The psalmist said in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. My soul longs for you. Father we thank you for this. Beautiful day, we thank you that we could as your children take part in the Holy Communion. Thank you for reminding us we are special people. You have given us the special privilege of connecting with you to know you. There is nothing good in us. It's only your love. Father, we want to be a blessing in this world. Father, some of us Have no patience. Some of us unable to endure the challenges that comes our way. But I thank you that you are willing to give us endurance and patience with joy. We lack power. We are brought out from darkness into your marvelous light. But we live as if darkness has filled our lives. Father help us to live as children of light in this world. Make us to be a challenge to all darkness. Wherever we go, your light will shine. Darkness will disappear. And we will be a challenge to the kingdom of darkness. Help me, help us. We want to see your presence, your power in us. We want to see this AGH community every one year. Lord being transformed. There are many young people here Lord. I pray for them in a very special way. That you will touch them. Give them a passion for holiness and purity. Moral uprightness. Give them a hunger and thirst for it O God. I pray and I bless them in your name. That they will be delivered from every shortcoming in their life. They will be ethically right in this world. In the place where they work. In the way they live. Ethically, law they will be right in this world. They will be people of love where there is bitterness and hatred. They will show love and compassion to the world, O God, around them. Not those who are lovable only, but even to those who are unlovable. Do not deserve our love. Help, help them to love them, O God. Help us to live as children of light. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.